Hack the planet! Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Cinema Fantastique, right here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. I'm your host, Jay, and if you couldn't tell by my awesome introduction, I'm going to be talking about 1995's classic, that's right, I said classic, Hackers. Yeah, I know this film is silly, it's campy, it can be cartoonish, but trust me, by the end of this, hopefully you'll see why I think Hackers was way ahead of its time. So let's just dive right into it. <clears throat> so like I said, this film came out in 1995. Uh, who's in this film? Well, Johnny Lee Miller. He's our main guy. He's the main hacker. He's Dade Miller, a.k.a. Zero Cool, a.k.a. Crash Override. Real quick about Johnny Lee Miller. Uh, first of all, I always used to confuse him for Josh Charles. Uh, Josh Charles, of course, was uh, on Sports Night. Uh, he starred in the movie SWAT, a bunch of other movies. I remember watching SWAT, and when uh, Josh Charles came on the screen, I was like, oh, it's that kid from Hackers. No, nah, it wasn't, and they really couldn't be any similar. It's, I mean, they kind of look alike. I don't know what I was thinking. But Johnny Lee Miller is probably famous for another film that I really love, Stay Tuned, Train Spotting. He played Sick Boy in Train Spotting and uh, Train Spotting 2, T2. Um, yeah, he plays Dade Miller, who is a hacker at, at the age of 11, as Zero Cool. In one day, he crashed over 1,500 computers, which caused the stock market to drop seven points. Uh, what happened to him? Well, he, his mom had to pay a $45,000 fine. Good luck with that. Uh, and he was forbidden to go anywhere near a computer or a touchtone telephone. Yeah, this film wasn't dating itself. Um, he couldn't go near a computer or a touchtone telephone until I think he was about 18 years old. So about seven years. Um, also in this film is a very young, vivacious Angelina Jolie, who played Kate Libby, a.k.a. Acid Burn. Um, this was about Angelina Jolie's, I think it was like her third, maybe fourth film, but this was her, I mean, I think this was her breakout role. This is this is really where, you know, she was in more of a lead role. Um, she might be... I don't know if she'd be hard to recognize. I mean, she really sports a pixie cut, but once you see her, I mean, there's no mistaking. Uh, from the attitude to her look, I mean, this is Angelina Jolie at her best. And she's pretty much uh, Dade's main sort of competitor slash love interest. Um, obviously, she was the queen hacker until Dade shows up and challenges her for that title. Uh, who else have we got in this film? We got the man, the myth, the legend, Fisher Stevens as Eugene Belford, a.k.a. The Plague. Now, Fisher Stevens, character actor, probably best known for his role as Ben Jabituya from Short Circuit, where Fisher Stevens, a Caucasian actor, played uh, an Indian computer expert, tech expert, in full-on brownface. He did it not once, but twice when he reprised his role in Short Circuit 2. Oh, God, the 80s. You know, enough said. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I am really not a big fan of Fisher Stevens. Um, yes, he's a character actor. I think he's a character over actor. But believe it or not, for this film, his role as the plague, I think it totally, totally fits because... As the plague, he's pretty much he's pretty much the head of uh, head of 
computer security or IT security, you know, at this large industrial complex. He is a former hacker. That's why he is known as the plague. I mean, he he goes around in this long black trench coat. Uh, you see him drinking the joke cola. You're like, okay, clearly this is a 30-year-old man, but does he think he's 20? Or was it like he was supposed to be a guy in his 20s who just happened to look like a guy in his mid-30s? Um, he goes around on a skateboard. I mean, there's a famous scene where uh, Dade is going to hand over a computer disk to him, and it's sort of like, you know, meet me at this dark and steamy alley at midnight. Uh, you know, Johnny Lee Miller is Dade standing out there, and here comes Fisher Stevens gliding by on a uh, on a skateboard. I mean, it's it's so bad, it's funny. It's so bad, it's good. Um, Matthew Lillard. He is in this film. He plays Emmanuel Goldstein, a.k.a. Serial Killer. Serial as in Captain Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cheerios. Don't worry about it. Uh, Matthew Willard is probably famous for starring in just about every Freddie Prinze Jr. film out there. Um, he's also probably most well-known as uh, in the live-action Scooby-Doo films as playing Shaggy a role that I believe he was truly born to play. He's in this film. His character, actually, Emmanuel Goldstein, very, very interesting. Um, if, like me, you had to read the book 1984 for high school uh, English or literature class, and I had to read it a few times, Emmanuel Goldstein actually is a, is a character in uh, 1984. Um, he started the Brotherhood. He was high up in the party, uh, legend has it that he broke away to form the Brotherhood to challenge Big Brother, and that's uh, Matthew Lillard's character, Emmanuel Goldstein, serial killer. Uh, he's actually, that's actually who he's named after, you know, a little homage. And there's a couple other little homages in here. Hopefully we'll get to all those. Um, serial killer, he's pretty much the telephone, telecom, like, genius of, uh, of this little group of hackers that we're going to meet. Um couple other people are in there um dade meets up with a guy named ramon sanchez aka the phantom freak and that's p-h-r-e-a-k uh he is an elite level hacker uh we meet paul cook aka lord nikon uh he's known as lord nikon because he has a photographic memory this will come into play later on in the film and we meet joey Joey Pardilla, who uh, is played by Jesse Bedford, um, he's a noob. He's a total noob. He he knows his way around a computer for sure, but he wants to be an elite level hacker. But you know, as Phantom Freak tells him, if you want to be elite, you got to do a righteous hack. And that's really you know really where this film kicks off. Or I really shouldn't say kicks off. I mean, that's really kind of the gist of this film is you know because of Joey trying to become an elite hacker chaos does ensue but before we jump into that let me also mention Lorraine Bracco of uh, Sopranos fame she was Dr. Melfi she's in this film uh, she's an executive at this big corporation and her and Fisher Stevens they are concocting a plan to steal 25 million dollars uh, from the company she's also completely clueless about computers like barely knows how to turn them on uh pen gillette of uh, pen and teller fame uh, he is a uh internet security specialist it's kind of funny he's an internet security specialist uh he works for fisher stevens and he's like in a mall cop uniform it's like i said this film is campy but it's fun but like i said this film was definitely ahead of its time because let's look at it it's 1995 now around this time yeah, the internet was coming out. 
Uh, we had our dial-up modems, but you know, we—I mean, the full—the full effect of the internet really hadn't come into play yet. And around this time, you started having a lot of films coming out, kind of tackling, you know, sort of the future of computers and technology in the in the internet. I mean, you had a film like *The Net* with Sandra Bullock. Uh, you know, which had some intrigue in it and basically portrayed her as like a shut-in. Like, I have the internet now. Why do I even need to leave my home? Um, you know, in, in the mid-90s, the early to mid-90s, we really didn't know where this whole internet thing was going to go. Uh, you know, where were computers going to go? You know, I mean, digital media. I mean, there was no such thing as that back then. You know, I mean, Napster maybe was getting started around this point. Um... So, you know, Hollywood Hollywood really didn't know how to predict this stuff. Uh, they really tried their best, and hackers tried too. And look, some of it was silly, funny, and dated. But like I said, I really think it was ahead of its time because, you know, the writers of this film actually kind of went into the cyberpunk slash hacker community. You know, they met with some hackers. They met with some cyberpunks. You know, they really tried to understand it. And I think they really tried to get a sense of where this whole computer networking, hacking, you know, where was this all going to go? Because if you look at some other films, you know... Everything seems very nefarious and, you know, sort of like all this new technology, it's going to be really used, you know, in harmful ways and evil ways. Uh, It's going to make us very lazy and slothful. Maybe it has. I don't know. But hackers really, you know, the film and the hackers that we see in there, they're really... they're, they're really sort of like the new generation of rebels, if you think about it. You know, they are totally counterculture. They do their own thing. They have their own clubs. They have their own lingo. Uh, they have their own TV show. Hack the planet! Yeah, that's right. You know, we have Razor and Blade, you know, two hackers, two elite-level hackers that every so often will hack into uh, a major TV network to broadcast their show, Hack the Planet. Basically, you know, given given the hackers, you know, sort of tips and tricks on better ways to hack, you know, ways around making long-distance phone calls, um, you know, and just really also kind of exposing, you know, people that are looking to get hackers and looking to kind of get, you know, stick it to this youth culture. Um, It's a rebellious movement, But really at the heart of it, when you really, really look at it, when you really look at what a lot of these guys do, you know, in the beginning of the film, you know, we see uh, Dade Dade Miller now, um, he and his mom have moved to New York, he's now free to go on computers, he's now free to pick up a touch-tone telephone, Um, and what does he do? He hacks into the local TV network, and, you know, there's a... um, you know, there's sort of a political pundit on there, you know, talking about this new youth culture and this hacking and computers and this and that. <clears throat> and he interrupts it and runs uh, episodes of The Outer Limits, uh, partly just to mess with this guy and partly because it almost seems like he's kind of bored and he's like, well, I'd rather, I'd much rather watch The Outer Limits. And if you think about it, you know, we really have that today. I mean, network television is definitely still around, but, you know, I could tell you that my daughter, 18 years old, really doesn't watch network television at all. She doesn't even really watch cable TV at all. Everything she does, she either watches on YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, and we just recently got uh, DC Universe. I mean, this is where she's getting her entertainment. And I think the thing that she likes about it, and not for nothing, the thing that I like about it is the convenience. 
you know, I really have a say in what I want to watch, you know, whereas when I was growing up, you know, networks dictated it to us, corporate America dictated it to us, you know, this is what you're going to watch on this channel at this time on this date. Uh, there were no DVRs, you know, there were no, um, trying to think like on demand or anything like that there were no streaming services yeah we had cable tv but even with cable tv you know i used to remember getting a uh, a a hbo guy that used to come and it would say like hey great this month we're showing raiders of the lost ark but we're going to show it on this day and this day and this day and this day at this time and this time you know i i really couldn't watch it when i wanted to watch it now we didn't know any better back then but you know nowadays like i said i mean I'm recording this podcast on my iPhone. As soon as I'm done and I upload it, uh, I can then flip to YouTube. I have Hulu. I have Netflix. I have DC Universe on my phone. I can really watch whatever I want, when I want it, where I want it. Um, and I think, you know, in that opening scene, you know, it might seem kind of silly. You know, Dade's sitting there in his sunglasses, looking all kind of bored. It's the middle of the night. And, you know, he's hacking into a TV network um, for the fun of it like I said, to mess with that political pundit. And also, you know, maybe he just wanted to watch classic episodes of The Outer Limits. And, you know, yeah, there's some silly elements in this film. And there's some dated elements in this film. Because, again, they didn't really have much to go on. You know, this internet thing. I mean, it was really new. They didn't, nobody, none of us knew where this was going to go. I mean, I remember... um you know, watching TV shows, and, you know, you could even go on YouTube and watch clips of this, when, I think it was Good Morning America, when Good Morning America uh, got an email address, you know, the, uh, and I don't know, I don't really watch Good Morning America, I don't know who the hell the hosts are on that show, but they were basically talking about that, saying that, you know, viewers could now email, they could email us, electronically mail us, so if, if they have questions, they could send it to us instantly, and a few of them were sort of thinking like, yes, yeah, the fat, this isn't going to last. I mean, here we are nowadays. I mean, I mean, even emails are kind of getting old and dated, you know, with all the messaging services that we have. Um, and even that stuff's getting dated because my daughter uses Snapchat, which I have no idea how that works. But this is where we are. And, you know, I think hackers, you know, really, I don't want to say they predict predicted it, but I think they tapped into kind of where the internet was going a lot better than some of the other films of the 90s. Um, What else? I mean, like I said, yeah, you know, I I think this movie, Hackers, is a precursor to a USA Network show, Mr. Robot. Um... In a way, but also kind of differently, too. Because Mr. Robot, I mean, really, you know... And I've watched some of it. I haven't watched the entire series. You know, I've watched a few episodes of it. Um, It's definitely something I want to go back and watch. Because it actually was pretty good. But if you really think about it, you know... If you look at... In both groups here. You know, the hackers and the movie hackers. And uh, the hackers and, you know... Sort of like these cyberpunk terrorists, if you want to call them, and Mr. Robot, they're really looking to delve into corporate America and really just kind of expose it. Um, in the movie Hackers, it actually comes out accidentally. Like I said, Joey, who's who's trying to become, um, he's trying to become elite, he's trying to do that righteous hack, he very accidentally uncovers, you know, Fisher Stevens and Lorraine Bracco's plot to steal $25 million from their company. Um, 
you know, and that's really, you know, that's really kind of the gist of the movie is, you know, the hackers uncover this, but you know, even though they uncover this big fraud, they're still targeted. They're targeted by the Secret Service. Uh, so we get a lot of, you know, the hackers versus the Secret Service, you know, kind of pulling all these cyber pranks on them. Um, you know, and you see things like that in Mr. Robot, I mean, to a more serious extent. But again, it's like Hackers was almost kind of like a funny, campy precursor to Mr. Robot where you have this subculture of hackers um, you know young people that I think most of America would look on as like slackers and they don't have a job and they're shiftless and this and that really actually trying to in their own way and you know you could debate if it's right or wrong they really feel they're trying to do the right thing by really kind of taking the blinders off of all of us and really showing us how you know corporations and corporate america really kind of controls what we see hear do think feel eat breathe you know whatever um like I said in in the film Hackers, it's it's not as serious and high stakes as it is in Mr. Robot, but you know, again, I, I mean, I really do feel that you know, if you really kind of look at it, Hackers is sort of a precursor to Mr. Robot. Alrighty, so I think this is a really great place to sum it up. Yeah, this one's a little bit shorter than usual, but. Um, you know, I really don't want to talk too much about the plot or, or, you know, things like that, because I really think if you haven't seen this film, definitely go out and check it out. And if you did see it and, you know, it's been a while, check it out again. And again, look, some of the stuff is going to be silly in it. Some of the stuff, I mean, the hacking in it is completely outlandish. I mean, going down these VR tunnels and, you know, they're all sitting there banging on the keyboard. And like I said, when they hack into this giant corporation, they hack into the unhackable Gibson computer. I mean, you know, there's like VR tunnels and there's, you know, computer graphic skulls laughing at them and this and that. I mean, obviously this is, that's, that's what I like to call Hollywood hacking. Hacking is not as visual as that. I mean, hacking's a lot of high level math code, things like that. I mean, from what I understand, and I don't understand a lot about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, hackers, you know, you're going to find some dated stuff in it, some dated references in it. Uh, serial killer, I mean, he's, like I said, he's a telephone telecommunications expert. A lot of the stuff that he deals, he dealt with in that film is probably obsolete today. But really just this idea of this youth that know a heck of a lot more than their parents do and, and, and you know, the older generation... Um, kind of using that knowledge in a way to really kind of expose corruption and, and kind of expose corporate greed. Um, I think if, if you kind of look past some of the silliness and some of the dated references, you'll actually see a film that's a lot better than you thought it was. So I really encourage you to go ahead out there and check it out. All right, so before I, I sign off here, I just do want to say one thing that, you know, my daughter Diana, she's away at school, but she will be coming home shortly for a visit. Uh, she's decided that she's not so homesick anymore that she's going to be able to come on back and, you know, not feel so bad that she's not going to want to go back to college. So she and I have been talking, so we're going to be recording an episode in the coming week or so. So check, look out for that. Guys, please, www.brothersinarmchairs.com. 
Uh, we're not elite hackers, but we're pretty darn good podcasters. Uh, you can find all our podcasts there. Uh, Enter the Nerd Zone, Nerd and Me, Fat Guys in Little Coats, uh, Defender of the Realm, and of course, Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay. Get out there. Do a righteous hack.